Let's get it going on the Lockdown Royals podcast. On today's show, we're going to dive into the Kansas City Royals getting some pitching help. But is it enough? And should the Royals be so quiet this offseason as they have been to this point? We're going to dive into all of that and more on today's Lockdown Royals podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. You are Locked On Royals, your daily Kansas City Royals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On today's Locked On Royals podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Royals. Email the show, Royals at gmail.com. On today's show, well, we're going to dive into the Royals signing some pitching help. And the Royals, other than their two signings, being relatively quiet, the Royals make a great trade for the future in which they get nothing in return, but they win by addition, by subtraction. And is it the right move for the Royals to be as relatively quiet as they have been? Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you. Talking Royals baseball on January 5th. As a reminder, Lockdown Podcast Network, five days a week, every single day, except for the off-season. We're three days a week right now, so you'll have another podcast tomorrow. You had one earlier in the week with Javier Reyes talking about New Year's resolutions. Uh, And then whenever pitchers and catchers report and spring training ramps up, we will go back up to five days a week all throughout the season and winter meetings. So just a little brief pause of going three days a week starting right now, but you know who is still five days a week because they're in season is the Kansas City Chiefs who play in a couple of days on Saturday. So you can go and listen to Lockdown Chiefs and get set for that Broncos game, get set for uh, the NFL postseason. Also, you can listen to Lockdown KU, Mizzou, Kansas State, Iowa, Iowa State, and any college NBA team that you follow. Plus, if you're an NHL fan, you know, if you're a St. Louis Blues fan or uh, any other fan of NHL, you can listen to that as well. We also have our national show, Lockdown MLB, and every other team around Major League Baseball. One team that you might want to focus on is Lockdown Rays, because it seems like the Royals are uh, pretty interested in a lot of stuff that the Rays have to offer. They got the new skipper, Matty Q, from the Rays. And their best signing has been, from the Rays as well, signing Ryan Yarborough. Now, I love this signing. I think that this is an amazing signing. I think, one, like like the first and foremost thing is, familiarity between Matt and Yarborough will be huge. Um, You know, when you sign a guy like Ryan Yarborough, who... Even as we get down this path of like analytics becoming more relevant, 
and baseball evolving and baseball changing and um, you know stuff like the opener is more accepted. I remember whenever it was revolutionary and whenever it was taboo, so to say. But it, it is still hard, and there isn't quite a perfect balance of when you have a guy like Yarborough who can be an opener, who can be a starter, who can be a middle relief, long relief guy, um, who who can piggyback, who who can do so many different things. Um, there, you need a special kind of manager to be able to manage that situation. And I think that Matt being around Kevin Cash and being around Ryan Yarborough himself he will understand how to maximize Yarborough, who I think is a really good pitcher. Uh, and, and I think that um, even if you just simply put him in the rotation, I, I mean, just, just the, the simple tried and true rotation, traditionally, he will be a very good pitcher, much less all that he can do for you in those fancy roles like the opener, like... Um, you know, a, a long relief guy, innings eater guy, piggyback guy uh, for your organization. A career 4-3 ERA, a 2.4 war for his career. Uh, if you care about wins and losses, he's 40 and 31 in his career. Uh, his first year in the bigs, he had a below 4 ERA. Uh, in 2020, uh, whenever the Rays went to the World Series, uh, he had a below 4 ERA, but he only played in 11 games, remember? Though playing in 11 games that season, uh, that was the 60-game 60, 60 season. So for a pitcher, 11 games out of 60, uh, that's still good. The only pitching every fifth day um, and all that fun stuff. He pitched 55 innings total that season and had a below 4 ERA. Uh, 2021 had his worst year in terms of ERA at 5.11 and then got that back down to 5.50 last season in 80 innings of work. Last season was... Uh, his lowest inning mark of his career, not counting the COVID season. He's usually a plus 100 innings guy. Uh, his first year, 147. Second year, 141. Uh, Non-COVID, you know, not going to count the COVID year. So then his third year uh, was 155. And then last year, he only pitched in 80 innings, but still appeared in 20 games, which is only uh, 10 less than what he appeared in in 2021. But, of course, 10 games makes up a lot of innings, depending on how they wanted to utilize him. Now, he also had the second-fewest starts last year of his career non-COVID. Um, his first year in the bigs, he only started six times. Uh, but they started him 14 times the next year and then 21 times you know, in 2021. In 2022, that number was back down to nine. But he did start nine out of his 20 appearances. So it's almost half the games as a starter and half the games as a, a supplemental role. In 2018, he was so good that he finished fifth place in Rookie of the Year voting for the AL. Uh, he's been an awesome player for the Rays at times and has shown that he is somebody who can help you win games. I think that his skill set for the Royals is especially interesting because the Royals have a ton of players that they want to see in their rotation. And so why that's important for the Royals more so than most teams is the Royals, you know, might go into surprise and might leave surprise. Like they finished the whole spring training and it might feel like, yeah, you know, Yarborough's one of the five best starting pitchers that we have here in camp. But 
they know, hey, we got to find innings for Daniel Lynch. You know, we've got to find innings for Brady Singer. We got to find innings for Jackson Coar. We got to find innings for um, you know Brad Keller. We got to find innings for all of these young pitchers who we've invested in, and, and you know Jordan Lyles, who you sign that can really only be that starting pitcher. You know, is not as versatile as Yarborough is. You've got to find innings for all these guys, so he can at least help us in a pinch and either a allow us like let's just say let's just say these two scenarios play out let's so scenario one your rotation would be you know Brady Singer Jordan Lyles Daniel Lynch Brad Keller Jackson Carr and let's just say that rotation pitches as well like like Lyles does enough as at 32 years old where he's good to get the ball every fifth day eats up innings uh and, and is flirting with you know a four 50 ERA. Sure, that's fine. Uh, or, or hopefully better than that. Uh, you know, Brady Singer is still electric. He picks up right where he left off at the end of last year from June on. Uh, and he is you know, looking like an incredibly promising young pitcher at uh, 26 years old. That's great. Uh, okay, keep those two. And then let's say that Brad Keller turns his career back around because he's shown you glimpses of, of promise, and he's only 27 years old. So he's pitching uh, really good, and we want to keep him in that rotation. And then let's say Daniel Lynch and Jackson Kolar, they just somehow figure it out. Well, if that all happens and you can't find room for Yarborough, that's fine. Because then he can be used in his multitude of roles. He can be used as a bullpen arm. He can be used as an opener. Let's say that Jackson Kolar is in a scenario where Hey, we're finally getting something out of Jackson Kohar. Finally. But especially whenever you look at his lines, you know, it's good that he's finally producing, but if he could just get past the second inning, he's he's not giving up a run. He's only giving up runs in the first and the second inning. Let's try to use Yarbrough in the first and second inning and then go to and then go to Kohar and see if that can make him give up no runs. You know, something like that might happen to where Yarbrough can be used in that role. So that's option one, and that's what I think should be the goal for Kansas City uh, is to eventually have their rotation be chock full of the youngsters and Lyles. Uh, and we're not even factoring Asa Lacey into this because uh, God knows that you know, no one knows what's going on with Asa Lacey. Uh, but nonetheless, like like that is the goal I, I would imagine. But there's also a second option where Yarbrough is just used in that traditional rotation. And we'll talk about that coming up. But first, I tell you right now, but good friends over at Bet Online, folks. Bet Online is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds, trends for every professional and amateur sport league out there from pro and college football, pro and college basketball, NHL, boxing, UFC, MMA, baseball, soccer, all that fun stuff, even esports, and so much more. They have what you need with the latest news, breakdown, analysis, including podcasts over at Bet Online. As well, always the latest and easiest way to bet on everything that you want to. So head over to the website today and even use your mobile device to get started. Bet online is where the game starts. And my personal favorite part about bet online: not only is it a great way to bet, and you can bet on uh, more traditional things like spread, um, over under, all that fun stuff. I especially love the let's call it interesting props. Like, like the, for example, there's one like who will win the world baseball classic, like just, just going into my world baseball classic consumption with knowing who, you know, the first, second, third, fourth favorites are to win. lets me prepare for what teams I want to seek out to watch 
during the World Baseball Classic. They also have things like where X player's next landing spot will be or or who is the favorite to win the World Series. Like, what team am I kind of undervaluing that Vegas is overvaluing? I like to see stuff like that, uh, and you can too, over at BetOnline. BetOnline is where the game starts. We are back on the Lockdown Thunder podcast. On the Lockdown Royals podcast, your teams every day. We're here talking about the Kansas City Royals and their offseason signing Jordan Lyles and Ryan Yarborough. Now, we gave you option one. Option two is more simple than that. Like, it's it's less hoops to jump through. They could just leave surprise and say, wow, well, the draft picks that our old regime made are terrible, and we only have Brady Singer we only have Jordan Lyles. We only have Ryan Yarbrough, who you feel confident in. We're going to have to scrunch together four and five, which will likely be Keller and Lynch. So, Yarbrough, I like the, all the things that you do. I like all the ways that we can maximize your game. Hopefully, we can work out a long-term deal. And then once this team gets good again to the playoff caliber, then we can start mixing and matching your roles again and, and maximizing the way that you can help win ball games. But for now, we simply need you to take the ball in fifth day and be one of our best pitchers. Uh, maybe that is the route that they need to go. Either way, it's good to have that flexibility. Either way, it's good to have both things as an option. But Yarborough will be interesting to see um, kind of how he pans out with the Royals and how he pans out um, the rest of the way. Now, let's dive into the other side, Jordan Lyles. This one kind of caught me off guard, kind of surprised that the Royals would sign Jordan Lyles at age 32. Kind of surprised that he signed with the Royals at age 32, a team that is not expected to um, play any meaningful games. I mean, even Baltimore last year, who he kind of had that same impact on, like Baltimore last year at this time, and you know, if you go back to 2020, January 5th, they were not expected to be any good. But yet they finished with 83 wins and finish um, you know, fourth in the AL East is incredible. You know, they, Again, they finished with 83 wins and weren't technically eliminated from the playoffs until the what second to last week of the season. Like, so like they still ended up playing meaningful baseball um, last year despite their expectation level at the start of the year. And so maybe he's hoping to have that same impact. Uh, he got his ERA back down to sub five for the first time in a couple of seasons uh, on uh, in uh, 2022. First time he's been sub five was last year since 2019, which is awesome for him. Again, the COVID year is weird. Like it was, it was a seven year ERA for him in 12 games. You don't have the same leash to flatten out a seven year ERA. Whenever you only play 12 games compared to 32, which you played in last uh, season, you know, starting 32 games last season uh, allowed you to flatten out that ERA more so than just if you had stacked upon three, four bad starts out of the 12, your ERA is inflated. So it's hard to count 2020, but still that's the stat. It's his first time to sub five ERA since 2019, which happened last season, which is great. Uh, it's, it's not often that he's had a sub five ERA in his career. Uh, in fact, he's had one, only a few times in 2018 and 2019 and 2014 and 2020. But alas, you know, he's bounced in the big leagues. I think what you're getting from him is someone who you can rely on 
to eat innings, hopefully. And maybe, you know, I, I hate to, I hate to, how do I put it, cast this on people in a sense of it's easy to sit here and go, oh, he's 32, so he'll help the young players. We don't know. Like, we're not in the clubhouse. We're not on the field during batting practice. Like, we don't know if Jordan Lyles is actually wanting to help or wanting to be a mentor to guys. It's just a nice thing to say. It's just a fun thing to say to make us feel better about the signing. But if he can help the young pitching staff in any way, that's awesome. And maybe the way that he helps the pitching staff isn't some miraculous speech or uh, tricks of the trade or whatever. Maybe the way that he helps the pitching staff is simply by pitching and eating innings and not having to go deep into the to the young bullpen uh, every single night. And so you know every fifth day you can take a beat and you can kind of uh, you can kind of get things back in order, so to say, get your house back in order. Uh, who knows? Uh, but I'm not going to complain about the Royals trying to get pitching whenever they desperately need pitching no matter who it is. And let's face it, like, yeah, Jordan Lyles is not the flashy name, but what flashy name could you have convinced to join a Royals squad that is not projected to be a playoff team? Like, it has to be the perfect combination of a player for that to happen. You're not going to convince the best of the best. They know that they're, they're worth and they can either go get a massive contract that you can afford to pay them or they can go play for a contender, which you're not at that point in your in your rebuild yet. And if you're having to take on guys that are expected to get one-year deals so you look around and go, well, how did so-and-so sign for only one year? You could have, you could have made that offer. Well, yeah, you can make any offer. You know, you, you, the problem isn't making the offer. The problem is getting them to sign it, right? Anyone can take the reservations. The, the, the part of the reservation is holding it that matters. You know, same thing here. Like, yeah, there's been pitchers who are better than Jordan Lyles who have signed one-year deals. But the point of the matter is they are signing one-year deals and if you are in a position in your career where you need to sign a one-year deal and bounce back or um, you know teams want you to bounce back from a bad year or a, a bad injury or not, want you to prove it to them that you can still play, if you're in that point, would you rather play one year in Kansas City for a team that's not going to play meaningful baseball in all likelihood or play one year for a team that can actually win a lot of games and put you in a better position? And so with the options that the Royals had, this was their shot. This was their guy. You know, Coy Kluber, for example, signed a one-year deal. Okay, Lyles and Kluber is a bit of a toss-up. Like, who, you know, who really cares at that point? You know, that, that's kind of the, the point. Wade Miley, like, you got the one-year deal guy. Like, it's Wade Miley, it's Coy Kluber, it's Rich Hill, it's Noah Syndergaard, who's a flashier name. It's Matt Boyd. Like, you got the one-year, you know, you got the... Uh, one-year guys. You know, Yarborough's a better one-year guy than Lyles is. And there's still guys out there. You know, Dylan Bundy's out there. Heck, Chris Archer's still hanging around. And we'll see. We'll see how this goes for the Royals. But I, I don't blame them for bringing in two guys. I think that these two guys can, at the very least, eat innings. 
which they're going to need. And at the very best, they can have a bounce back year playing in a bigger stadium, playing with um, what, sh what should be a nice Royals defense and what should allow them to both benefit from those things and help them out. We'll talk more about the offseason that was and if the Royals are right for standing pat coming up. But first, I want to see our good friends over at the Locked On MLB Podcast. Locked On MLB Podcast is the national perspective on all of baseball from our good friend Paul Francis Sullivan, but you can call him Sully. Also, the Locked On Prospects Podcast has you covered for the national scene of prospects. You know, who's the next rising star? Lindsey Crosby has you set over there as well. Now, let's dive into the Royals offseason as a whole, which we will do more of on Friday, January 6th. But for today, January 5th, we'll talk one last transactional move that they did make. And then tomorrow, we'll talk about moves that they maybe didn't make that I think might actually be good for them. So the one that they did make, which I really like, so I've, I've liked both of the signings so far, and I love this trade. And this trade is of no consequence. It does not matter at all to the average baseball fan. But to Royals fans, it will matter. It is that Ryan O'Hearn is no longer a part of the Royals organization. He has been traded to the Baltimore Orioles, and the return is nothing, and it's a happy nothing. I thank the Lord that the Royals got nothing for Ryan O'Hearn, that he is just gone in Baltimore. I think that this is a bigger deal for Royals fans than it is for the Royals. It's, it's just kind of like a... <sighs> thank you. Thank you. He was DFA'd. He got traded for cash considerations. <sighs> it's over. And again, the reason I say that it's a bigger deal for the Royals fans than actually the Royals is, we fans, we were we were casting upon this new regime, this new this new front office, this new uh, managerial staff. We were casting upon them our old broken up, cut up wounds of playing Ryan O'Hearn over Nick Prado, over Vinny Pascantino, over young players, and, and just shoehorning in Ryan O'Hearn to a lineup whenever we know Ryan O'Hearn is not any good and is not a part of the future. It's not a part of the, 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 the contention of the Royals in the future. We don't know if this regime would have done that. We don't know if this regime thought also agreed with us that that was a stupid plan last year. Like We have no idea. But to not even give them the option, to not even give that regime the option to side with Dayton Moore is a great thing, is a sigh of relief for all of us in Royals land. But let me know what you think of the Royals signings. And I want to talk tomorrow on Friday about the Royals standing pat and the Royals, um, you know, not really having a loud, splashy move. And why I think that that's the right thing for Kansas City. Why I think that them standing pat is the best option for them. So we'll talk about that all coming up on tomorrow's show. Until then, subscribe for free across all podcasting platforms so you never miss an episode. And be good. And be good to one another.